Hello, this is Pastor Jay, and I want to encourage you today. You trust in a lot of things. You'll sit in a chair that you know nothing about. You trust that it will hold you up, no matter how much you weigh or how less you weigh. You don't know the manufacturer. You don't know the kind of materials made out of. You don't even know it's designed, but you know it's a chair and you'll trust it right off the top. Why don't we do that with the word of God? Romans 15 and 4 tells us that the scriptures that were written a long time ago was to help us endure, give us encouragement, and we can find hope in them. So why not trust God with his word? That's something to think about. But I want to encourage you. You can trust God's word. It is always true. No matter what the culture is doing, no matter what society says, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And you should be able to trust it. So think about that. This is Pastor Jay. Peace! Welcome to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN Network. Come join us as we study the Word of God together. Go get your Bible and let's see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. Thank you for your people. Continue to bless us as we continue to study the word of God line by line and verse by verse. Open our hearts and our minds to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. Amen. Amen. All right. So open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. And we're actually going to make it to 20 today. Verses 1 through 8 is our main passage. And on Sunday, I talked about not missing your visitation. Okay. And we got to remember that Jesus is his last week before he goes to the cross. So chapter 19, 20, and 21 are actually the week of him going to the cross. When we get into to 20, it's actually on Wednesday. Okay? Wednesday before the Friday. All right? But a lot has happened. A lot has happened. So we have to go backward before we go forward. So I'm going to go back all the way to Luke chapter 13, Frida. Start at verse about 23. Now, when I'm going back to Luke 13, I want to show you something. Because we know Jesus pronounced the final judgment on the nation of Israel in 19. But back in 13, let's see what he said. Thought about 28 or something like that, wherever that is, 28. In that place, there will be weeping and Okay, go, go up. Up oh, 23. Okay, go 23. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, open to us. Then he will answer you, I do not know where you are, where you come from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. 
In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves cast out. So he's talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to the religious people. He's telling them that they're going to come to him and claim they did all the religious stuff. But the mass is going to say, because he had the power and authority, he's going to say, I never knew you and I'm going to shut the door on you. So like I tell people all the time, just coming to do the religious activities that, that imitates the Jews didn't help them and it don't help you either. Okay, I know that's hard for most people to understand because you've been raised in church. But you churched, E.D., meaning that if I took churched away from you and asked you about your salvation, you'll tell me all about the religious activities you participated in since you was 13. And you might tell me about the, the people that you affiliated with, all right? And we talked about this before, but that doesn't make you saved. And Jesus is pointing out that right then and there in 13. With his authority and power, he says, I am not going to accept you. You will not eat at the table of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now think about who he's telling this to. He's telling us to people who think they will. They assume that everybody's a sinner but them. This is the, the religious uh, a hierarchy. You had the Sanhedrin. You had the, rab the rabbis. You had the priests. You had the Herodians. You had the Sadducees. So these people believed that everybody else was a sinner but them. And they didn't believe in John the Baptist as a prophet. Okay? Because he didn't fit their protocol. And then we read, remember Jesus said what the Pharisees like to do, they like to wear long robes. They like the chief seats. They like to be announced when they walk into a room. They like to, they like to pray in the open market. And people blow, this is what happened with the Pharisee. When he would get ready to pray, he would go to the busiest corner in the, in the street and somebody, he'd have his entourage and they would blow a trumpet and say, the great Pharisee is about to pray. And everybody would stand and watch as he performed his religious duty. And then it was like this. You couldn't come talk to him. Think about how they were defending Jesus. It was the same way. They learned their behavior. Oh, the master's too busy. He can't talk to you. Jesus challenged their whole religious system and it became nothing to him. It became, Judaism had become nothing to him. If you read the, the, the Sermon on the Mount, is a preamble to the king, the constitution of the kingdom. Every time he said, blessed are the poor, the opposite would be for Israelite, Pharisee, blessed are the rich. Blessed are the humble, no. In their mind, blessed are the who? Proud. So whatever thing you see that God's blessed, it challenged them because they thought the opposite. Okay? And that's in the beatitude. Try to go through it and say, okay, if he said bless this, what's the opposite of that? That's what they believed in. So even when he gave the sermon at the mount, what it did was take the authority away from them and put it right back where it needs to be, at the foot of God. Now, they didn't understand the cross at the time, but it was given back to God. What God was saying, blessed are the poor, poor in spirit and poor in any other aspect of life, not necessarily financial, but just poor. The worst poorness you could be is a poor spirit. Be broken by a system that oppresses you. And Judaism at this time become oppressive. Keep reading. And people will come from east and west and from north and south and recline at table in the kingdom of God. 
And behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. So now we see the situation whereas people, he didn't say Israelites, did he? Did he say Israelites or did he say people? People. He said people. people. So that means if you can read between the lines, that means there's going to be a people that's accepted by God that's not Israelites, which means it has to be Gentiles. In the Israelites' mind, there's only two kinds of people, Israelites and Gentiles. And Gentiles is everybody else but them, okay? So he's telling the people going to come from east and west and dine at the table that you think you have earned the right to dine at. But you lost the right to dine at because you were supposed to be the light unto the world to the Gentiles. The system was, we're going to build a temple in Jerusalem, and it's going to be so awesome. You go back to Solomon's time and read how awesome the temple was, and the people from around the world will want to come and see the true and living God's temple and come, come learn of him. Solomon was in that position. That's why the king, queen of uh, 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 Sheba came to visit him because of the wisdom that she heard that came out of the temple of God. But the but only problem is Solomon is a man like no other man. Yeah. Even though you gave God gave him this and he promised to take care of God's people, he he God warned him. He said, if you begin to accept other women from other countries and other nations, they will turn you away from me. And they did. And because of Solomon's era, during the time that he was in authority and power, it plunged the nation of Israel into a course that they could not. Re uh, rectify, which split the kingdom in two. That's why you had the northern king and the southern king. Okay? Come all the way to Israel. Northern kingdom completely demolished. Only part of the kingdom left is Judah. And you go through that and we get, and again, God could not destroy the nation of Israel even though he wanted to for one reason. What's the reason why he could not destroy that the Judah and, and, and the southern tribe? Why couldn't he destroy the southern tribe? Because he, he made a promise to Abraham. He made a promise to Abraham that the seed of the Messiah would come through what tribe? Abraham. Okay, Abraham. what tribe? Oh, Judah. Come through the tribe of Judah. So in, in essence, he could destroy every tribe except for Judah. <laughs> okay? And when you think of the southern, the northern kingdom destroyed, don't think that some of the people that was in the northern kingdom, the other ten tribes, did not migrate to the southern kingdom. Okay, they did. So, so it wasn't like Every Benjamite was wiped out, as we know, because Paul's a Benjamite. So it's like, you know, some migrated to the haven of, of Judah, and then the rest stayed in there and got overthrown and, and, and basically, basically demolished by the Assyrians. That's where we get the Samaritans from. The Samaritans are half Jews and half Assyrians. The way the Assyrian thing would do was, instead of killing everybody, what they would do is take out the young men and leave the women and bring in their their culture, and they would naturally mate with them and create a a a a a bond to them and their loyalty, and it'd be split. You see, very smart way to, to control people. Like we were talking about this earlier, if you control the population, you can control the people. You don't have to do it from necessarily a a, a high. If if you can infiltrate them with different values and different views. They will eventually, eventually be torn, and then eventually, depending on the, the more dominant value of you, you'll start adopting them. Just like us, as African Americans, we really don't identify with African values. Let's be honest. We have been Americanized. We've been colonized. 
okay? And we're not going to go that. We went that road down earlier today. <laughs> so, so we see this power thing. We see this. We see Jesus telling them back in chapter 13 about this, okay? What verse you want? That, uh, that was 30 on that 31. Keep going. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here. For Herod wants to kill you. So anytime you see the Pharisees show up, you know Jesus. See what I'm saying? He's challenging them so tough. Every time in Luke, they show up. And if they show up to talk against Jesus, you already know. You should be thinking about Jesus doing the right thing. Okay? Anytime the Pharisees show up to criticize, you already know Jesus is on, on the side with God. He's challenging them. They are scared of losing control. They're scared of losing control. So the Pharisees show up, now they're going to try to up one. Because see, in that system, every it's hierarchy. You know, everyone, the next one up is important. So I'm going to say I'm from the next one. Or I got educated by this one. In the Jewish culture, that's what it is. I got educated by this rabbi. I got educated by this teacher. And what they used to do back in, in Judaism, as I studied this, they used to wear something like a little hat to show who they were under. It's almost like, uh, 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 what's that little that boy, the, the, the rich boy? Um, uh What's Harry Potter? Oh, you know how they have different robes on to, to say who they learned under? Same thing. Like they would wear different stuff to show who they learned under. So if you learned under Gamaliel, which was one of the highest uh, rabbis at the time, you were more important than the person who studied in the past of Sutton. You see what I'm saying? So they always had this hierarchy system going on. All right. And they were losing it to this one man who was not studied by the rabbis, who had not been taught under anybody. He was he was remember the Bible said he was speaking like a man who had authority. They couldn't understand because he didn't come from nowhere. Nobody could claim they taught Jesus. He confounded them when they was when he was 13, when he was 12, 13, when they left him back in Jerusalem and they forgot that they left him there. And he, he said, I got to be about my father's business. But the one thing you saw, he confounded the Pharisees and the Jews in the temple at the time because he was so wise on the words of God. Well, little did they know he was God in the flesh. He didn't need no. That's why he said, I don't need no man to tell me what man what's in man. I'm the creator of man. OK, so again, I want to paint the picture. Go ahead. And he said to them, go and tell that fox, behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow. And the third day, I finish my course. Nevertheless, I must go on my way today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. Behold, your house is forsaken, and I tell you, you will not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now you got to remember, who's this conversation to? The Pharisees, right? Because they just showed up to tell them something, and this is his response to them, all right? Jesus came for the masses of people, but he really came to deal with the leaders because the Bible says like people like priests. So he, he was trying to win them over because if he win them over, they would have followed. But they were worried about something else. They didn't want they were losing power because he was coming with something that was totally different than what they understood to be true. 
Okay, they didn't want a savior that that sacrificed his life. They wanted a warrior king. Well, he is going to come back as a warrior. But the, the issue was the nation of Israel as a whole and their leaders weren't saved. Even their sacrifices, Jesus in the Bible, no testament, he said, I got tired of them because you were not living the life that represented the sacrifice. Now, see, as a church, we need to think about all these things. That's why these scriptures was given for us to think about. We're not Israel, but we're the church, but we're making some of the same mistakes that they're making, which is understandable because we people too. Okay? Mm -hmm. How many pastors you know got to have an entourage and want to sit in the chief seats, want the first piece of meat at a banquet, want to always be recognized, and when they're not recognized, they upset. Protocol is when a pastor walk in, Everybody got to turn around. Oh, hi, pastor, so-and-so. And I get the, the civility of that. But when I walk into a room, I don't, y'all already know, I, I'll sit in the back because I don't want to stop the flow of service just to be recognized because I'm nobody. The per only person important in this room right now is Jesus and his word. That's the only person important right now. I'm not important. I'm just a voice box. But we begin to worship our leaders because our leaders demand worship. And again, what did the Bible say in this latter day? We're going to raise up teachers that tell us what we want to hear, right? Tickle our ears. Well, of course you're going to worship somebody that's telling you what you want to hear. Because you keep wanting to hear it. And then we read in Jeremiah, what did he say? I did not send them and I did not tell them. Okay? You have to know these things. All right. So, that was in chapter 13. That's midpoint. Now let's go to chapter 19. And free to start at, uh, what is it, 30, 28? We got 20. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead, mm. going up to Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, 28, that's the one. Okay. And when he had said these things. Hold on, let me tell again, we move forward. Now we're at the Wednesday. We're heading towards Wednesday. This is Tuesday. He's heading towards Jerusalem. We already know there's a whole crowd of people following him. Hosanna, Hosanna, all that's about to go down. But again, he's going to pronounce enough. Now remember, he said your house is in desolation in 13. Now remember in John chapter 1 was the first time he whipped them out the house of the, of the Lord. Okay? Now think about it. Who gave him authority? Who gave him the power? Just start thinking about that. Go ahead. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. When he drew near to Bethage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a coat tied on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the coat, its owner said to them, Why are you untying the coat? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus. And throwing their cloaks on the coat, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, 
Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now think about that. Didn't he say that unless they said that, they wouldn't see him? Back in 13? Back in 13, he said, you're not going to see me again until you say that. He's not talking to the common man. They're the ones who are saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is the, is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. It's the people saying that, but the Pharisees and them aren't saying that. And you got to remember, he was talking to them. They can't see him, but the people saw him. Okay? The, 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 uh, what kind of people saw him? What do we have that, we, that went on in the past so far? What kind of people saw him for who he was? Who saw him? The okay, who, who are these people? Give me some names. Give me a person's name. Give me one person's name in 19. Zacchaeus. Who, who, who was Zacchaeus? The small tax collector. Was a, was a small tax collector, and he was considered a sinner by the Pharisees. Okay, what about Lazarus? Lazarus was raised from the dead not too long ago. Okay? And he accepted him into the kingdom. Okay? You got the you got you got the man, the, the lepers. He had touched them and healed them. And they're accepted into the kingdom. And if you notice, nobody ever challenged Jesus' miracles. They challenged Jesus' authority to do the miracles and was wondering where it came from. Because again, we know that the Bible teaches that Satan can perform false signs and wonders. False sign and wonder doesn't mean that it's not real because it wouldn't be a false, it wouldn't be a wonder or a sign, right? Mm -hmm. False means on where does it lead you? Like if that Essex sign up there, you walked out of this thing and fell 50 feet into a hole. Well, it's the exit sign, but you didn't tell me about the 50 feet of hole that I'm going to fall out when I step outside. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing with Satan. Satan will, it's an exit sign, but there's hell to fall into. Okay? So, yeah, two exit signs. They say the same thing. They look the same. But one is a snare by Satan. One is by God. Okay? And a lot of times, saints fall into traps because they're too busy looking for signs and wonders and not listening to the word of God. Because it's easy for us to fall for signs and wonders and let people tell us about that kind of stuff because it, it means that our mind goes to now I don't have to study. See, everything I'm using, I'm using scripture. I, I, don't, I don't care about no sign or wonder. Tell me what the words say. In context, that's why we take our time and do line by line and verse by verse. You learn a story like that. You don't bounce around. You get a novel, you don't bounce around through the novel. You go verse by verse, line by line, chapter by chapter to get the full effect of what the writer is writing. Okay? To get the full effect. So, so what we have is, is, is that happening. All right? Go ahead, keep reading. That's all right. Okay, 39. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him. Here we go. Remember, every time they show up, you know something, God is on the right track. Go ahead. Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Stop. Why do you guys think that the Pharisees said, rebuke your disciples for saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the man who comes in the name of the Lord. Why do you think they, they, they told them to stop? Because they think that it's blasphemy. Okay, develop that a little bit more. You're right. Go ahead. 
they think that his people are shouting things that are untrue. So because they're following you, teacher, tell them to hold their tongues because we disagree with what they're shouting. Okay, you almost made it, but you didn't quite make it there. Anybody else? She's on the right track. They do think it's blasphemy. What is the blasphemous part? Okay, you have to remember they Jews. So, what is the what is what would be the most blasphemous thing you could say as a person to the Pharisees that you were who? That you God. That part of blessed the name of the most they understood that's only reserved for the Messiah. So tell your people quit calling you that, cause you're not that. That go back to Psalms 118. The son of man. They understood. See, when Jesus would say, I'm the son of man, that goes all the way back to Daniel chapter 7. Where that was first introduced. Prophesied. The son of man will come in and do this, that, and the other. They understood when he said these terms that he was saying he was God. And that's why it was blasphemy. So they said, stop it. Can you imagine them? Stop it, stop it, stop it. These people ain't supposed to be saying that because they're worshiping you and only God deserves worship. You're not one of us. You have no training. You have no rabbi. Shh. You have no training. You have no rabbi. We don't know where you come from. Matter of fact, the rumor is you was a bastard. You ain't got no father. And you grew up in a poor area. And you just a carpenter. And you tell us, you tell you got people worshiping you. That's why they want to kill him. Because one, he's eroding their power. And on top of that, he's saying he's God. And this is not the God of the Bible that we understood. And see, that's another thing. It was in the word of God that they had of what should have happened. But they skipped over them parts. That means like we do, pick and choose. There was the part about the suffering uh, savior, but they missed that part because they figured, no, not us. We want the conquering savior. We don't want the suffering savior. Okay? So that's the blasphemy part. All right, go ahead. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it saying, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace but now they are hidden from your eyes. Okay, what would the thing, he said, even you, even you, what he said, did you know that you would make, what made for peace? Did you, if you would know what made for peace, what made for peace? If, he, if he's making a statement, he's saying they should have known what made for peace. What would have made for peace for them? Them accepting their Messiah. Them accepting their Messiah. That would have made for peace. You know what stood out to me, Doc? Go ahead. When he says, "I tell you, if these become silent, the stones will cry out." All right. So you know, when he was saying that, you know, you're telling telling me to tell my people to cry, but it, it, the word it's, it's going to come out. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it is what it is, and you know, and that just really, really stood out to me when he said that if they don't say it, the stones will say it. Well, see, the reason I gloss over that because y'all have heard enough sermons on that <la
still is not understood. But because if, if that's the case and that's said, my question is that's damning to the church because half 90% of churches don't say nothing. They insulate and isolate in their club. They don't let nobody in and they like them and surely don't go out here and really do nothing. Now they'll go out and have the carnivals, but that don't save nobody. They'll go have the cookouts, that don't save nobody. You know, little things. Again, it's the little things. Are you getting out there telling people about the gospel? Again, and I agree with you on what you said. And I'm just telling you the reason why I don't harp on that. Cause like I said, I didn't heard a thousand sermons about these rocks. My question is, I need to hear another thousand about the church doing, saying about Jesus. Okay. So the blasphemy, we had the offense, the offense, because he's about to say something. Go ahead, keep going. We gonna get the, we gonna get that first. Go ahead. Go ahead. Forty-three. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. And we studied that out a little bit more that Titus, the Roman emperor's son, decided to surround Jerusalem because they got tired of them and basically starved them out. And it took years to do that. And by the time they starved them out, kids, people who, women who had babies were actually committing cannibalism at that time. And then if you did come out and you leave, there wasn't no white flag, they killed you. The, the Roman army was so vicious that they sat up on the Mount of Olives looking down at the city. And what they did is denuke the whole Mount of Olives. They took all the olive trees and olive bushes and used it as firewood. So when you looked up at the Mount of Olives, you didn't see olive trees. All you saw was a bare mountain. They were that vicious. Josephus, like I told you Sunday, Josephus, the historian said, 1,100,000 Jews were killed during this campaign. And if you read Nebuchadnezzar, when we started, when we started uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, we studied that when Nebuchadnezzar took over Israel and God told him to, because Israel was disobedient, at least he just tore stuff up. The gates, some gates were still there. But this time, not one stone gonna be laid upon another. It's all coming down. And it's gonna be burnt to the ground. And the reason why they burnt it to the ground, just not demolished it was, the, the temple had a lot of gold layered stuff. So the only way to get it off was what? To heat it up. So that's how it got burnt down. To today, only thing left of the Jerusalem temple is that one little wall. And the wall is no longer than this, this window right here. Okay, there's a mosque built on the temple site. So they have no place to worship. Think about this. Jesus wiped that system out in 70 AD. And it's been, and it's still been that way ever since. Because we're in a due dispensation. We're in a dispensation of grace, not of law. And it always pains me when I see preachers go back to doing stuff that God has said he don't want no more. Okay? First fruits, all them little rituals, that don't do nothing for you. You, you Jesus is our first fruit. Jesus is our high priest. It tells us this. We are we are new creation. We can't be Israel if we're new creation. Because if if... If, if Israel's a new creation, then we're just the same old thing, right? If we're new, it has to be different than what it was. Right. Yeah. I mean, just simple thinking will help a lot of people with this. 
You're saved by grace through faith. They were supposed to be saved by law, but they couldn't keep it. Okay? So the law condemned them. Well, the law condemns everybody because nobody can keep it right. And the day you think you're keeping it right is the day you're lying. That's why Jesus said, if you haven't seen, you say you haven't seen, you a liar and the truth ain't in you. The truth was not in the Pharisees and Sadducees because guess what? They were lying. They were fornicating. They Remember when Jesus bought the woman who was called in adultery? Who you think brought her? The Pharisees and the Sadducees. How y'all know she committed adultery? If you ain't the one doing it with her. And then when Jesus said, whoever said, cast the first stone, they all went away. From the old farts to the young ones. Because their, their, the hypocrisy of the religion and most religions have hypocrisy in it because the relationship it, it, religion and the relationship with God just doesn't mix because man is always creating something to make him on top make him important you know there's no reason why we wear robes other than we saw the people wear robes there's no reason why we wear collars that don't make a person more holy because he's wearing a collar we do that because that's what we saw. And all we're doing is copying off the Catholic Church, which we say is, is an abomination. You see, I, I study this stuff out because I, my question is, why we do what we do in church? Don't tell me that your tradition is holy. And again, the Jews were, they focused on their traditions that made them holy. But, but the problem is there, the Bible says, as we've learned, there's no work that makes us holy because all of our works are like what? Filthy rags. So even me teaching right now is a work, but it has to be layered in grace. I can't go to him just like, look at what I've done. I still have to go to him with, Lord, look what Jesus has left and look what Jesus has done for us by the grace of God. Please accept what I've taught today. Let me pray that mercifully that you will accept it and feed the people what you want them to know about what I said today. This is not about me. This is about him. I want to glorify him. That's how we take our time. All right. Keep going. So they missed their time of visitation. Name some other times they missed their visitation. Anybody. Jesus wasn't the first time person. Name another person. Name another, another somebody who visited them that they didn't accept. Y'all just read it. Y'all just read it. What did he say? Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that what? Kills all the what? John the Baptist, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Amos. God has visited them a whole bunch of times. But Jesus sealed the faith saying, you kill all the prophets. And you're going to kill me. The Messiah. Told the rulers, yeah, you killed all the prophets. They didn't believe John. The, that's why they, if you go back and read John the Baptist's account with the baptism, there was just common folk coming to him getting baptized. The Pharisees came along and John rebuked them. Said, "Did you don't run away to come here as if you if you don't bear the fruits of repentance." That the Pharisees did not get baptized by John the Baptist because again, the system didn't allow him in. Even though his dad was a high priest, even dad's dad was a priest, he went out and lived in the woods. And in what respectable priestly son would be go living in the woods? And he say he's a prophet of God looking like Tarzan? No. But the, the Lord moves providentially to bring to the point people who are suffering and they want to hear the word of God and they really don't care what you look like. Matter of fact, they would prefer that you look like them so you can identify with them. 
That's one reason I have all that stuff. I tend not to wear it except for ceremonies because we don't win souls. Think about me coming to walk a prayer in my collar, in my Cossack. People going to look at me like, what? You ain't going to identify with that person sitting there. The first thing going to think is, why is he out here and all that? He must want to be seen. It, it won't get better. It's going to get worse. So humble yourself. I mean, you are not who you are by what you have on. You can, Like I told y'all before, there's no place in store that says church clothes. If you do, let me know. They're nice clothes. And I'm not telling you to not dress up. You can come how you are. Come how you feel. If it makes feels, if you can't, if you can't, if you want to wear a hat in church up in here, wear a hat. If you want to come dressed to the nines, do so. But if you want to come in tennis shoes and blue jeans, who am I to say God is not using you to come give us a word? See, a lot of times we miss out on our visitation because we want our visitation from somebody that looks important versus somebody that got a word in them. We do that all the time, saints. When I say we, I've done it. See, now I learned if you come at me like that, my, my radar go up. Like, mm, what you about to say? I don't accept you just because you look good like a preacher. What's about to come out your mouth? How close are you sticking to the Bible? All right, go ahead. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. The chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him, but they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on his words. So all the people were hanging on his words, and the chief priests and scribes, here we go, they could not do anything. What do you think they were tripping off of this time? He said he was God. They tripped it off of that. And now he comes in the temple and whips people out the temple. What are they, what, what, what are they tripping off of now? He called it my house. Huh? He, he called it my house. The same, that the that same, same thing. thing. But there's something else they're tripping off of. What did he do? What did he do? You just read it. Well, he, he threw him out the temple. Out, yeah, so, okay, just let's, 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 let's do it like this. I'm going to make it easy for you. I come to your house. <laughs> and... Your cousin decides to throw me out. You don't know why. You ain't seen me do anything. And your cousin or your neighbor decides to, Jackie, I'm going to throw him out your house. And you don't even know why. Your mind goes to what, Jackie? What do you say? What are you, what are you wondering? Oh, this is my house. First of all, you don't have a right to come in and say who comes in and out of my house. So, authority? Mm -hmm. They don't have any authority to say that, right? Right. And you're going to throw Pastor Sutton out as big as he is? You're going to have to have some power for that, right? Mm -hmm. So they're upset because who are you with this authority and the power to do this by yourself? It didn't say he had no disciples help at all. He came into the thing and was, was wreaking havoc on the money changers that were ripping off the common man. It became a racket for these bulls and goats and money exchanges so the people come worship. Now think about this. They were ripping them off on the outside so they can get on the inside. Okay? It became a den of thieves and robbers. The house of God. And the man who said he was God comes in with authority and power and throws everybody out. Now they upset. 
because they already know he doesn't have the authority and power that we supposedly have. Because we can trace our lineage of authority and power. I got taught by this person, this person taught by this person, this person taught by this person, and I went to this school and I studied under this person. I got a degree in this. See, all that stuff says I have the authority. And then um, my authority is such that I can use my authority to exhibit my power. So you're looking at Jesus like, where's your authority? Who are you? Where's your, who do you think you are to come into our temple and whip people out of here that we put here and then say that your house, you're going to claim it's like yours. More of this God talk. See, it's really getting them upset. They are. By now, they are just done. They're done. They're like, we got to kill this guy. But you got to remember, it's close to Passover. So they got to figure out how to get this done, either at the Passover or soon. But that's not what God wants. God sets everything up to happen in his time. He has to be killed during Passover because he's the last Passover. Okay? So while they're working on one scheme, God already know how he's going to do it. Okay? All right. You ready for chapter, chapter 20? <laughs> now we're going to the verse. I just want to set it up. All right. Verses 1 through 8. So remember, power and authority. Who are you, Jesus? Okay? Go ahead. One day, as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple. Now, this is Wednesday. That thing that he did the other day was Tuesday. This is Wednesday. Go ahead. In preaching the gospel, the chief priests and the scribes with the elders came up and said to him, Tell us by what authority you do these things, or... Who is it that gave you this authority? He answered them, I also will ask you a question. Now tell me, was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? And they discussed it with one another, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why did you not believe him? Mm -hmm. But if we say from man, all the people will stone us to death, for they are convinced that John was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it came from. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. So now Jesus is telling them, they're like, who, who are you to do this? So he approached the question to them and he asked about John the Baptist. So he said, who gave John the Baptist the authority and the right to baptize and the power to baptize people? And they're like, what should we say? We're stuck. Because we didn't receive John the Baptist's baptism, but the masses of people did. If we say it was from man, then the people are going to rise up against us. But if we say it's from heaven, then that's going to validate who Jesus is. Because Jesus did miracles and John the Baptist didn't. Do you feel, figure what I'm saying? If if we say the lesser person who just did baptism is from God, how we can deny that you from God? They were caught. They know what to say. So they said nothing. Jesus is, is done with them. He's not going to talk to them anymore. He's been trying to talk to them since he started his, his ministry. But they would not receive him. 
And we know that they killed John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist did his mission, but he ended up with his head chopped off. And see, that, and that's another thing about church. When God gives you assignment and you do your assignment, it doesn't mean that you're going to walk away here and you're going to have a funeral that's going to be better than many most people's funeral. See, don't, let's, not, let's not fool ourselves. We still succumb to the ills of this world. And when this world hates you like it does, and the prince of the power of the air is still working in this world, as long as you do what God he said, if you lose your life, you save it. Now, everybody is not called to be at that level. Amen. Thank God. But the reality is, if God has called you to do that, you'll probably end up like that. Paul ended up like that. Peter ended up like that. John ended up like that. You know, name the one who had a great funeral. None of them. But the word they spoke multiplied throughout the world to whereas the first sermon given by Peter in, 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 uh, in the book of Acts, 3,000 people were added to the church. And if you read what he said, he told them they killed their Messiah. Wasn't that flowery stuff they do now? So my question to you is, what does Jesus, in your mind, take your time, have the authority which is exousia in the Greek, and the power, which is dunamis, which we get um, dynamite from. See, because you could have authority and no power. But authority is realized when there's power attached to it. You could be a person that has the strength to do something, but you don't have the authority to do it. Where does Jesus' authority come from and what does he have authority over? Anybody. You can just start naming some things. What does he have authority over? I can't hear you. The people can't hear you. What would you say? You might be right. Okay, name some things. Other than that. Name some specific things that you know that he has power over. Nature. Nature. Okay. What else? Go ahead. What you say? Don't be scared. Speak up. I can't. I can't hear you. And I can hear real good. Okay, we're not using everything. Okay, I want specifics. Yeah, we know heaven and earth, but that, but, 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 but I want specifics. She said nature. What else? Okay, no, not that. But I'm looking for other things. Things that you read in Luke. See, that makes me know that we're going to start Luke all over again. That's all. What did what think about? Demons. What? Demons. Okay, come on. What else? Man? No. Well, demons. demons. Nature. What else did he do? What else did he do? He cured people of demons. He took sickness, sickness illness. Yes, illness. Demons, disease, nature. What else he got authority over? Death. Death. Thank you. What else? That account. See, I want the specifics of everything. You need to know the specifics before you know the general. Demons, death, disease, nature, sickness. What else he has? What else? Is there anything else? You might phrase it a little different. What else? Do you think that Jesus has power over? Okay. One of the disease, well, he has the, he has specific le leprosy is a disease, right? 
Blindness is a disease, right? He can he, he cured the, the demoniac, right? In the in the in the tomb. He raised Lazarus from the dead. Okay. So Jesus has the power and authority to do all of that. And that encompasses what you said on everything. Go to Matthew 28, verses 18 and 20. Mm -hmm. that, and this will encompass what you said. And Jesus came and said to him, said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus there said what you said. He has authority over everything. All power is given unto Jesus. He has the authority, which means the right to do it, and he has enough power to get it done. There's nothing that Jesus has on his mind that if he puts it to, to, to his thought that he won't accomplish through the power, through the advocacy of the Holy Spirit and the power of his Father. He said, I only do what I see my Father do. I only say what I see my Father tells me. He gets his authority straight from God the Father. He's part of the triune God. So there's nothing over him. There's nothing besides him. He don't check in with nobody to do what he wants to do with his creation. And he's trying to tell them that. And if you go back and start where I told you, you see that Jesus building, that Hosanna, Hosanna was that. I can even make the rocks cry out. If that's what I wanted to show you, I can do that. Remember when he got tempted by Satan? What did Satan say? If you got this power and authority, make the, make, 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 make the rock turn to bread. If you got the power and authority, cast yourself off and then the angels will pick you up. Meekness, now watch this. Meekness is not, oh, I'm so down, I'm so quiet. That's not meekness. Meekness is, I know I got the power and authority, but I ain't ready to exercise it yet. Meekness is, is power and authority under godly control. That's what meekness is. Meekness is not a weak person. Meekness is a person that has all the power and authority to do some things, but they use it under the wisdom of God. Remember uh, uh, the centurion that sent word about his daughter, about one of his slaves, and, 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 and he said, I'm a man of authority just like you, and I understand authority. What he's saying is, I understand the hierarchy of authority, but you know what? I know that the authority that you have, all you got to do is send the word because you got the power. That's why I tell you, saints, don't worry about witches and warlocks and spells people putting on you. That can only work on you if you let it. Because I serve the God that have all power. If greater is he, me, he that's in me, that's he that's in this world, then I'm at the, I, you, I'm not at your mercy. You better hope that I don't exercise my power on you. See, because he said one can put a thousand to flight and two can put what? Ten thousand to flight. So we got them outnumbered because of who we serve. But you have to believe in these things. So we move historically through this. So again, these first eight verses 
is really the, the last time Jesus is really going to deal with them like that. He's going to teach in the temple because the common man is in the temple. He's going to continue to give the gospel and the teaching out. But again, the Pharisees have totally rejected Jesus. And again, he's pronounced judgment. And we know that the judgment is going to be fulfilled in 70 AD when Titus tears it down. God has always used Gentiles to chastise the nation of Israel. Always. It was never them chastising them. It was always a nation of Gentiles. Is he God of the Jews only? No, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. Okay? So we see this, this beginning of the end of Judaism as they knew it. And we know what the new creation is, is the church. But we have to walk our way there. So you can appreciate being the church. You don't need to do none of them rituals. First fruit, tithing. None of that. You don't need to do that. All you need to do is, is think about like this. Do you love what you're giving, whatever you give? Yes. Are you giving cheerfully? Yes. Are you are are you are you are you paying where you eat at? Yes. Are you helping further the ministry that you belong to? Yes. How much you give is irrelevant. That's between you and God. There are some people that are financially astute enough, they give 50, 60% of their income towards the work of the kingdom. Okay? I'm not saying you need to do any of that. I'm saying, you know what I say, if $1 make you happy, don't give $2. Because I don't want you to think, I don't want you to feel obligated. I want, you to be, I want you to feel that this is what you want to do for the ministry that's doing something for you and doing something for the people out here who we're trying to save. The only purpose for our ministry is to edify the saints. If you read Ephesians about the purpose of the five so-called fold ministry, which is actually four, if you read what that purpose is, it's to edify the saints and build us all up until we come into the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So even though you may claim one of those functions, one of those titles, you got to be on one accord to build people up. And what, what we do is build up each other as saints. But for the unsaved, this same word is the word that convicts them and gets them saved. And again, that same sermon that you preached to them or that same word you gave them to testify to them about the goodness of Jesus and salvation and sin will be the same word you can come to them once they save and to give them strength. Because we're going to always count on Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Go there, Fred, and we done. And read it loud and proud. These things are written. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. Our instruction, that's one. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures. Endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Hope. So the more you know the scriptures, the more in, in, you can endure, the more encouragement you get, and the hope you get. Because the hope that we have, the scriptures talk about Jesus. He said, in the scriptures, you do well to look through them, and the scriptures speak of me. This book from Genesis to Revelation, you can find Jesus on almost every page, if you look for it. Old Testament's Jesus what? Uh-huh. All right. And, and, and the Gospels are Jesus what? Jesus revealed. And the epistles are? Jesus explained. She got it. Y'all got it. Amen. Jesus concealed, Jesus revealed, and Jesus explained. Amen. Oh, grace, Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the people. Lord, continue to bless this ministry as we go forth and do our ministry. Lord, thank you for blessing walk-up prayer, oh, Father God, and give us the, the commitment and the consistency to go out and do that every weekend that we can. Lord, bless those who are listening around the world, Lord, and bless those 
who are, are willing to just listen and hear what's being said. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's it. Thank you for tuning in to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN Network. Come join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time for Sunday worship. Bible study is held on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are located at 3006 North Lindbergh Boulevard Suite 711, St. Louis, Missouri, 63074. All are welcome and we look forward to seeing you soon.